Okay, let's start our discussion of Parshas Vayishlach. Parshas Vayishlach. Uh, today's shir is sponsored for Shalema Gittel Bas Golda and Levi Ben Gittel. Uh, the Torah that we should learn should, should be a Refua Shalema Ben Hera. Okay, Parshas Vayishlach. One of the most emotional parshios, if we really try to get into the personalities of um, Yaakov Avinu. Think about every uh, aspect of this uh, of this parsha. At the beginning, the anxiety of, of meeting his brother, of what's it going to be, and there's 400 men coming, and I don't, and then fighting with the Malach, and then the whole story with Dina. Yaakov Avinu, as we know, did not have an easy life. The tsarist that he had last week with Lavan, and next week with Yosef. We think Avram Avinu had his nisyonos, but Yaakov Avinu also had his nisyonos, and it's uh, it's uh, so challenging to think of. And we are Bnei Yisrael, we are Bnei Yaakov, and uh, a lot of what he um, laid the groundwork for us is the uh, ability for us to get through our challenges as well. Each of the challenges, as we know, of the Avos is really a category uh, of challenge, and all the challenges that Amiso goes through in history uh, has to do with uh, the challenges that. That Klai Yisrael, uh, that, that Yaakov Avinu set the stage for us to be able to succeed in our challenges. Okay, so we start off with a thought that we mentioned many years ago, uh, I think in the first year of the Shear. So if it's more than 10 years old, we're allowed to, uh, you know, we're always allowed to repeat, but if it's something uh, uh, that's uh, important, and uh, the Klai Yaakov starts us off. Uh, in the beginning of the parsha, Vayishlach uh, Yaakov Malachim Lefanov, Yaakov sends Malachim, and he says, This is the first message. The first message. I live with Lavan, and I delayed uh, until now. And Rashi, of course, quotes the two different shatim. Uh, what does it mean? What's merumaz? What is hinted to in the word garti? In the word garti. First pasik, first shot of Rashi, the Klayakar quotes it. Garti lo naasi sar v'chashuv elager. Don't think that I had it so great. The last time you saw me, you were worried about the brachas, v'yitim l'choha elokim, and all these amazing gashmius uh, ideas that are going to happen to me. Nothing happened. Nothing happened, don't worry, Esav. It's not anything that uh, you have to be jealous of. Number one, pshat. I'm a ger, ger, ger I'm, a, I'm still a stranger. I was there for 20 years, but you still treat me as a stranger. But imagine being in Yeshua for 20 years, and they still treat you as a stranger. They never, never give you an aliyah. They never ask you to be involved. They never invite you for Shabbos. You just sit there for 20 years. Nobody says a word to you. Says Yaakov, I was a ger. I was a ger. Lo nasi Number one. Dover acher. Number two, Rashi says, a second shot. That's our girsa. Dover acher. Garti taryag mitzvah shamarti. Right, Garti, switch around the letters. Rashi says, Bigamatria Tarya Klomar, Imlovan Harasha Garti, Vitari Mitzvah Shamarti, Belolamati Mimaisavaram. And I did not learn from his evil actions. I was able to keep Tariag Mitzvahs. And on the surface, these seem to not only be two different Pshatim, but two opposite Pshatim of the attitude that Yaakov is giving off to Asaph. Is he saying, I'm not, it's not, I'm, I didn't have it so good, so. You know, don't be jealous. Or is he saying, I'm strong. I'm strong. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm bolstering myself. So on the surface, it sounds like two opposite chatim. So Vakasha. So he says, uh, says the Klayakar. We'll go back first. 
Pierce Rashi quotes the two different Shatim, and he says, Shnei Pirushim Elu Sosrim Zezeh. These seem to contradict each other. So it could be that they do contradict each other. That's the Pashup Shat. Shim Amar Lo Lo Nasesi Sar Imkain Balafana Bachna. Is he coming with humility? Vim Amar Lo Tari Mitzvah Shamarti Mashba Adaraba. Shashalach Lo Shena Yarimueno. I'm not scared of you. So, again, Rashi's, the cleric is bothered by that. It's not impossible to say that Rashi is quoting two different shatim, but it's two opposite, um, mentalities that Yaakov Avinu had. So, he's not comfortable with that. And also, why does he call him Adoni and Eved here? Right, if that's true, so then it seems like Rashi's first shot is correct. Right, not the second shot. If he's calling himself an Eved and Ace of Adoni in this Pasig, my master, so it sounds like it's Hachra. It sounds like he's lowering himself. So how do we, how do we fit the second, uh, the second shot? So says the Klayakar, Alkain Libi Omer. Many of the greats throughout history say Libi Omer, right? He, the, one of the earliest ones is Rashi. Remember the Rashi in Pasha Tetzaveh, when Rashi says, I have no idea what the ephod looks like. But Libi Omer Li, and there's a 25 line Rashi explaining what the ephod looked like. I like the, 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 we saw the story in the past with the, the horses, the women on the horses. But here, Libi Omer. Shebez Pirushim Elu Marishneem Ke'echadem Es. Really, it's one shot. It's one shot, says Rashi. Says the Klayakar and Rashi. Lo Shapirish Rashi Dabar Acher. Not like Rashi says. And later on he says, maybe it's even a mistake in Rashi. It shouldn't have a Dover Acher there. It shouldn't have, it's one shot. It's two steps. It's two steps, but not two pshatim. Mashma, shekolechad pirush b'fnei atzmo. No, v'zeh b'yohar inyan. It's one pshat, like it says, Adoni and Eved, and he's being humble, and he's lowering himself. Sheyakov sholach lo lemer im lovan garti. Lo nasesi charva chashuv, sarva chashuv elager. Klomar, he's telling ya Esav, the brachas didn't happen. The brachas didn't happen. You were so nervous and scared and mad. I took the brachos. They didn't come true. He's not saying that Yitzchak lied. That also wouldn't be good. Esav had respect for Yitzchak. We know that. So he's not saying, Dad lied. They didn't come true because you know what? The whole thing fell through. My plan fell through. He thought he was giving a bracha to Esav. And I'm Yaakov. So they didn't come true. Don't worry about it. There's nothing to be mad of. It was my my was, I thought I could pull a fast one. It didn't help me, the trickery. And nobody could take what's prepared for their friend from heaven. And the brachas that you're supposed to get, you're going to get. And you will get. And we know you did. Esav is very comfortable right now. We know Esav is in Seir. It's fine. And that's why he says, Ger, I'm a Ger. I'm a stranger. Nothing happened. Ah, you're going to tell me. You might say, well, maybe they didn't happen yet. Maybe they didn't happen. Maybe they're going to happen to you. It's just that you don't merit yet to get the brachas. Says Yaakov, I've done every mitzvah. 
im lovangarti v'tayi There's no reason for the brachos not to have been fulfilled yet. So it's all part of the same idea, the same pashup shot of what Yaakov is doing. You might think that you might attribute that, that it's all because I didn't fulfill the Torah. Because that was a tznai, that was a condition in the brachas, that you have to follow the, the mitzvahs, but I did follow the mitzvahs. So it's obviously not going to happen. Esav, you have nothing to worry about. I tried to do a trick and it didn't work. Esav, you're going to get the brachas. You have gotten the brachas. Don't worry about it. It's nothing for me to take. And then he says all the way at the end, and if I wouldn't be scared, that's the Lashon that great Achronim always use when they want to say something very radical. But they don't really want to say it. They don't want to ask Mechila from everybody who, you know, is around. So just in case anybody calls them out on that. Okay, I didn't really say it. I said, Luli de Mistafina. Luli de Mistafina, Rashi. I would erase that in Rashi because I think they go one with the other. Okay. Again, Pashup Shat, there's a Dabar Acher in Rashi, but the Klei Yakar has the license to be able to be a great Darshan and put him together. Okay, moving right along, a little story. It's just a conversation. A conversation that took place in 1933. The Chavetz Chaim. The Psukim tell us that Yaakov Avinu, as we know, prepared in three ways. Once he saw the 400 men, he heard about the 400 men coming. He split it up. That's getting ready for Melchama. Number two. Save me. And then he starts sending presents. The three ways he prepared, Doron, Tefillah, and Melchama. So the Chavetz Chaim was having a conversation in 1933, Tafri Sadi Gimel, right before he was Nifter. When the murmurings of Germany and the Nazis, Yemach Shemam, were already uh, starting. Yemach Shemam, Allah Lagdula, Valachach Resen, and Amshala Biyado, they took the, the uh, government. Nishala Chavetz Chaim, Ayde Echad Mirashi Yeshiva, Shalobaradin. One of the Rabbeim and Radin asked the Chafetz Chaim, Ma yehei goralam shalachenu, the Medina's Ashkenazu Poland. What's going to be the fate of the Jews in Germany and Poland? The Chafetz Chaim was asked. Achare asher harasha hatsoer hechriz bapumbi, amatarasol hachet shem Yisrael chalila. After Hitler Yamach already made his announcements what he wants to do, so what's going to be? The Chafetz Chaim answered, Kizelo yale biado. He will never eradicate the Jews totally. It's not going to happen. He's never going to be able to eradicate us totally. In all of our lands. If he hits one area, the other area will be salvaged and saved. But Rahman al-Islan, the Chavetz Chaim said, that Pasik, that this, if he hits one area, if he hits one area, 
then the other one will be saved. Haven Ashoel, Kiasakana Krova, the questioner realized that the danger is close, that there's going to be a hit somewhere. If he does, Rahman al-Islan, able to destroy European Jewry, that's where the greatest, the greatest Rabbanim and Yeshivas of the time. Who's going to be left? Who's the Machran Ishar? What, in America? What they called the Trefa Medina at the time? Who's going to be left? And that's a different Pasuk. That's a different Pasuk. That's a Pasuk in the Haftorah. Right? Ovadia. Ubahart Sion Tiyeh Pleitava Hayakodesh. Said the Chafetz Chaim in Hart Sion, in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael, you have the Pleita. The Germans aren't going to be able to get to, get to Eretz Yisrael. Vaharav HaShoel Yatzameis HaChafetz Chaim Kishayodav Roados Al Churban Yadus Europa. He went out with his hands trembling, recognizing what the Chafetz Chaim prophesied about what's going to happen with the Jews in Europe. V'libo hayad nachon batuach. But he was confident, ki artzenu hakadosha tinatzel, that Eretz Yisrael will be saved. V'cherev lo sabarba. V'chein hayad, as we know from history. Shetchilas mapalaso shalarasha. Hazeh haisa. When did the, when did finally, finally, after years, did the downfall start? When they started trying to get to Eretz Yisrael. Years before that, the Chavetz Chaim prophesied and had a feeling about these, um, about these terrible, terrible times that were coming, but recognizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu keeps them uh, and HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes sure that there's always a remnant, right? We'll talk about it a little bit more on Shabbos, so feel free, those who are here, to forget this before Shabbos. But uh, we talk about the life messages of the Gid Hanasha, that's exactly what the Sefer HaChinuch says, is the message of Gid Hanasha. That even though we're hit, and even though we're in pain, and even though um, we're limping sometimes, but we make it through. Because Esav never gets total, total uh, demolition. And Esav never gets total eradication. He hits us. He pains us. He makes us limp. And that's exactly what the Chavetz Chaim said. There's always will be a Machane HaNashar Right? That will be. That will be the, the message that we, will, that we will always have. Okay. Moving right along. So Yaakov Avinu fights with the Malach. Fights with the Torah, calls him an Ish. The Torah calls him an Ish. Many different personalities. The Gorn Hulin says, was he a non-Jew? Was he a Tamar Chacham? All different Pshatim. How he, how he looked. So he goes back over the Nachal. He's left alone. And what happens? He sees that he can't. He can't defeat Yaakov. And therefore he hits him in the thigh. Also interesting, not for now. He saw that he couldn't defeat him, so he hit him in the thigh. What's the connection between those two? Okay, and then he says, Send me, Shalcheni ki Allah Shachar. I have to go say, say Shira. No, give me a bracha. What's your name? Yaakov is my. You're fighting with me? You don't even know who I am? So obviously, doesn't mean like. Like the, the, there's a line in the Gemara, Mesechat Basra, where Eov says to God, Eov says to Hashem, I think you got mixed up a little bit. Oyev, Eov. I think there's a, there's a little difference there. And the Yaakov Baruch Hu answers, I don't get mixed up with 
each hair that comes out of a human being's head. There's a little root, there's a little place where, and I got mixed up with Eov and Oyev. So he says, well, who, who are you? Oh, Yaakov. He knew who Yaakov was, but he wanted to lead up. He says, Yaakov, Vayomer lo Yaakov, Yemer Shimcha, your name shouldn't be Yaakov, ki, not only Yaakov, ki im Yisrael. Ki sarisem el alokim ve'manashim fatuchal. And you were able to, um, you were able to win. We pointed out in the past, just parenthetically, an amazing ha'ara, I forgot who, who said it, that we're called Yaakov, ki sarisem anashim. Give called Yisrael kisarisa, vatuchal, and you were victorious. What's kisarisa? Kisarisa means because you fought with. You fought with, right? What does the uh, the uh, the uncle say? Right? Lo Yaakov Yisamar Ochem Chol Ken Yisrael Arei Rav Ravas Kadam Hashem. You fought with Hashem, vichalta, and you won. So why are we called Yisrael kisarisa? Because we fought. We should be called the Yecholim. Vatuchal, and we won. Isn't that the point? You fought with the Malach and you won. What do you mean, Kisarisa? Why is the name Yisrael on the Sarisa? Because life's not about winning. Life's about the fight. Life's about doing our best in the challenge. Kisarisa, we're called Yisrael because we fight. We fight against the Eight Sahara. We fight against all the, the powers that try to pull us down in so many ways. That's what makes us great. It's not only that we won. But just the fight itself. Sarisa. Okay. But either way, Batuchal. And we won. So he asked the Eladvarm of Schlesinger, where do we see that we won? He heard us. He gave us a good potch, a good hit, and then he left. So the Torah says we won. Where do we see that we won? Kfarhikshua Mafarshim says the Eladvarm. Eich Amr HaTorah Shiyakov Avinu Nitzach as a then he it got healed, and then he was sholei begufo. But that, that's a win. That's a win. Somebody gives you a dislocated thigh, and then they run away. Is that a win? And also, the Malach says to Yaakov, "Let me go, Shalcheni." Yaakov says, "No, give me a bracha. Give me a bracha." Is, is this the greatest source of bracha? Why does he need the bracha from Esau Shalesov? Okay, he's a malach. But is, is this the source of such great bracha? And also, this is what I mentioned before. Hidafka went for the thigh when he saw he wasn't winning. If he saw he wasn't winning, so what made him Dafka do that then? And why did he try to do that before before he uh, saw he was losing? So what's going on here? So he quotes a thought from the Magid of Minsk. Shabir Betovtam Badas. When there's a fight between two people, it depends on the type of argument that is being had. That will determine how we can determine the winner. If there's a boxing match, there's objective evidence how we could tell who won. We could tell who's on top of who at the end of the, end of the match. If there's a debate, how do you know who won? Not always so clear. Sometimes in the car, 
or at home there are children arguing with each other. And each one of them needs to get the last word. Why? Because getting the last word wins. And as parents or grandparents, we say, whoever does not get the last word wins. Whoever stops first wins. So it's not always, not always clear from the outside. If there's a physical fight, what if there's an arm wrestle? Okay, then you can know whose arm goes on top of whose. If there's a wrestling match, you know the guy who's on top. But what if it's a debate? What if it's not physical? Each one tries to convince the other one of the veracity and the truthfulness of their tzad. By logical arguments. Who convinces who? Who comes out the one who did more convincing? Who could prove that they're right? What happens if all of a sudden there's a debate between Ruvain and Shimon and all of a sudden one of them goes over to the other one and starts punching them? You know that the puncher lost. You know that they've now gone to outside of the rules and that reflects that they lost, and therefore they have nothing else to do except try to physically abuse the other side. In Bariv You go with Alimut, with bullying. No, no, no. That's, he's not the winner, and it's probably the loser. They're so convincing that I know I'm going to lose. So, you know what, let's, you know, it's, again, the child mushal. Like the child who's in the middle of the game, but he already sees the writing on the wall, so they just turn over the board. Right, okay, I don't want to play anymore. Right, but, you know, that's, that's, that's this example. Havikuach ben Yaakov, Yaakov and the Malach. Was that a physical argument? That wasn't physical, this is a Malach. They're arguing about the world. They're arguing about the brachos. You want the brachas, I want the brachas, or I want the brachas. You took my brachas, Yaakov wanted to give me a bracha because you lied to him and you're a faker. Right? You, you pretended to be a tzaddik and no, but he wanted to give it to me. You can imagine what the, what the machlokas was. And finally, he saw that he couldn't win. So what did the malach do? It was a machlokas about ideas. And he went, he physically hurt him. And that shows he lost. And that shows, you can't, you can't get me from the brachas point of view. You can't get me from the spiritual point of view. That shows. That shows he lost. And then he discusses also, uh, the, uh, the concept of called da'olam gvar, right, which is a concept in, uh, Baba Basra, that, uh, sometimes if, if two people are fighting over something that neither of them have mochzakas to, two people are arguing a bezin about a boat, and the boat is out at sea and nobody's, oh, Bezin might tell them, you know, the stronger person should win. Call the Alam Gvar. But somebody showed him, he quotes the Rosh. The Rosh in Bab says, because Bezdin knows that the one who is truthfully theirs is going to fight harder. And they're not going to stop 
until they, 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 they get it from the other person. But Yaakov Avinu didn't stop. Yaakov didn't stop until he got the brachas. And then there was no other choice. Sarah Shalasev said, okay, I'm going to lose. So he turned over the board, so to speak. And he got Yaakov in the thigh physically, but that shows that he won. And the brachas belong to Am Yisrael. Okay. Moving right along. So what happens? Yaakov Avinu, after the Malach leaves, Yaakov says, what's your name? And the Malach says, sorry, can't tell you that one. We discussed that in the past. Right, some of the Bali Musur say, because the Sahara, the Sarashal Satan, he has a different name every day. Every day. Does Yetzirah has a different name? One day his name will be laziness. One day it'll be anger. One day it'll be lack of patience. And the Yetzirah has many names. So what's your name? No, Lama Zetashalashbi, why are you asking? Vayevarach Sham, give him a bracha. Vayekor Yaakov Shiva Makom Piniel. Yaakov calls the place Piniel. Ki ra'isi elokim panim el panim batinat el nafshi. Because I saw God face to face. I saw a malach face to face. Asks for Shlomo Kluger, the Imre Shefer. Yaakov makes a big deal. I saw God. I saw a Malach face to face. But he never saw a Malach before. Yaakov spoke to Hashem. Right? Just last week's Parsha. The ladder, the Sulam. There are Malachim. There are Malachim at the beginning of Ayetzeh. There are Malachim at the end of Ayetzeh. There are Malachim at the beginning of Ayishla. There's Malachim all over the place. And all of a sudden he says, wow, Raizi Elokim Panim El Panim. Vatinatel Nafshi. So Esther Shlomo Kluger and the Imre Shefer. There's two Pshatim, I just gave you one of them. Hine Ishla Dayek. Atu Ad Heina Lora Yaakov Malach Raka Ace. All of a sudden now is the first time he sees a Malach. He's seen a Malach plenty of times. Hello, Nomar Otchila. Vayifke Ubo Malach Elokim. Umachidish Hayelo Achshav. Before and he saw a group of malachim. Right, what's the chiddush? He saw a, a bad malach. Is that what it, the, the chiddush? But he's he's, he's saying he calls him Elokim. Raisi Elokim panim panim. Achnira says the Imre Shefer. Dehine Hakadosh Baruch Hu Afshem Mashgiach Ba'olamot Tamir Hashem is always Mashgiach, as we know. Hashem is always Mashgiach in the world. Mikom Akom Yesha Shenikra. Hashkachas panim, shakarish baruchu mashkiach mamish baolamo, v'yeshah shenikra hastaras panim. Shikirdechsev v'estarti panai mehem, v'anochi astir astir panai. Hashem is always mashkiach, but there are two forms of hashkacha. There's what we call direct hashkacha, hashkachas panim, and there's hastaras panim. A parent could give a child something and then a parent could leave something and just like kind of like look through a crack in the window and let the child figure things out themselves. There's different types of hashkacha. Even, well, let's, uh, we'll get to the other side in a second. Let's say even, even positive hashkacha. There's hashkacha, every hashkacha is positive, but in terms of this, there's hashkacha's prim, facial, HaKadosh Baruch Hu is there, you feel him, you feel the closeness, and there's hastaras prim, hastaras prim, Rahman al when somebody is nifter. That's hester panim. It's hester panim. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu, HaMakam Yenachim Hashem is very close to us. 
Hashem is by every tzara. One of the reasons that the um, that the one uh, for the minhagim of covering the mirrors in a shiva house, right? Some connected going back to the uh, flipping over the beds that they used to do in the days of the, uh, the Gemara. Why the mirrors? Because if you see the mirror, the mirror celebrates Selam Elokim. Celebrates Selam Elokim, and you know Selam Elokim is every person has Selam Elokim, and, and there's there's a lack of Selam Elokim in the world now. Now that a person was nifter, so that's why we cover the mirrors, but but. Feeling close to Hashem, Hakadosh Baruch Hu is, is distant, but that's Hester upon him. But it's still Ashkacha. Hashem was involved in every everybody born, everybody who dies. Hashem is involved in, but there's Ashkacha Spinim and Hastara Spinim. Vihinei Hara Nasal Shneofanim. What we might call bad things happening in the world, negative, it could be based on again on one of two: Hashem directly being Mashkiach. On the world, or it's kind of like Hashem kind of letting things happen on their own. Hester Panim. Raw can happen Shneofanim. Pam Yacholios Pashkacha, Pam Bahastaras Panim. Right, Pam, it should be, could be positive, it could be Hashkacha, it could be, I'm sorry, I read it wrong. Pam Yacholios Pashkacha, Pam Bahastaras Panim. Aval Hatova, Bifrat Derech Nes. Is that EF Sharlios Bahastaras Panim, Rak Bashkacha? You can't have Hester pun him when Hashem does a nace for you. Nisim don't happen when God's not looking. Right? If it's a nace Latova, that's obviously directly from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Yaakov was nervous on the way back, as we said. Maybe I was right in Chutzlaretz, whatever other Chatoim, I know I made a promise on the way back, but what kind of hashkacha am I, I going to experience? What happens? He beat a malach. That's not natural. Human beings fighting malachim are not something that happens all the time. And to defeat a malach, to defeat, there are stories in the Gemara about the malach hamaves and the uh, and amoraim, but the malach hamaves eventually gets his way. There could be a little delay. Right, if you're a Hanina Bar Papa, you could say come back in a month. Right, if you're uh, Rav Shulman Levi, you could say, you know, can I borrow your sword, take a walk. Well, they're, they're, but ultimately, Shlomo Melech says in Kohelas that you know, ultimately the Malach Hamavis gets has his way. So to, to defeat the Malach, so that's 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 miraculous. Says Yaakov Avinu, Hashgachas Panim, Panim El Panim. I was zochet to hashgachas panim and not just hastaras panim. Ka'ez ra vehaven shakadosh baruch hu mabitbo panim al panim v'lo hister panav mimenu ki av shenenash b'mashetaka kaf yerecho v'nirek ka'onesh even though I got hurt and wounded v'kamakam kivan shenasel o neis yoser gadol shenitzal benafsho but he was saved his life was saved muchach shub kashgacha v'lo bastaras panim and that's what Yaakov Avinu says. Right, David Malach says in Tehillim, we say it in Daviding, right, that Meitzitz Menacharakim, Mashkiach Menachalonos, Meitzitz Menacharakim. Sometimes he's Mashkiach, sometimes he's Meitzitz. We want him to be Mashkiach. Right, Meitzitz, he hides himself, even in goodness sometimes. 
So we, we yearn for the day. We yearn for the day that it's clear. That it's clear. Just parenthetically, just uh, Imi, the um, Rav Asher Weiss quotes in his bencher from his Rebbe, the, the Kleisenberger Rebbe, the Divrei Yatsif. He quotes, we say, I might have mentioned this in a shir recently, I don't remember, Sabenu mituvecha. Satiate us with your goodness. We say every Shabbos, Shabbos. Satiate us with your goodness. What's the emphasis of satiation? Sabenu says the Gemara Masechas Yuma: A blind person never becomes satiated. Because part of the satiation process is the visual quality of seeing the food, and therefore he's never satiated. So we say to Hakadosh Baruch Hu: Sabenu mituvecha. We want to be satiated. What does that mean? We want to see it. We want to see your goodness. And in that way we could be satiated. Sab'enu mituvecha. To be zocha to the hashkacha. Hashkacha's panim. And that's what we, and that's what we daven for. Okay. Moving right along. Yaakov Avinu. Next pasik. We have a lot in this section. Yaakov Avinu uh, names the place Peniel. And by Yisrachlo Hashemesh, Kasher Avar as Penuel v'Hut Soleil Al Yerecho. The sun shines, and he is limping. The sun shines, and he is limping. The Gemara tells us, you have a quote there in the Darkei Musar of Naiman in source number six. The Gemara tells us that the the Tanoim, the Tanoim were discussing shot of this pasuk while they were shopping, while they were shopping. There are Mishnayos like this also. I think in Masechas Krisus there are Mishnayos. That some of the Tanoim were talking about nitty gritty details in Hilchas Krisus uh, when they were shopping for food for, for their son's wedding. So here too, they went to buy an ox. On the way, one of them said, What does it mean the sun shined on him? The whole, the whole world got the sun. What do you mean? Only on him. So, they, they different shot him. It was for him because it was a healing sun. The same sun that went down early in Vayetze that made it more dark, you know, here, helped him out. Okay. Why do we have to know that they were shopping for their son's wedding and buying a cow while they were discussing Pshat of this Pasuk? But every letter, every word in the Gemara is there to teach us something. Right, so what's the message here? Again, it's the Gemara here, it's the Mishnahis and Krisus, the Nira Tupshatim, number one. Shagamara Stalaharos Lanu. Amelus Patora. Amelus Patora means there's no break. It means there's no break. When they were online in the store, they didn't stop. They didn't stop. They were learning. Right? There was always a, a little safer with them. There was never a time. There was never downtime. Again, there's there's a positive, a certain amount of downtime, vacation with one spouse, but but in the times that we should be learning. So the, the, that's number one. And number two, another message you can learn. They went to buy a cow for a Gamliel's son's wedding. Imagine, imagine we were in the butcher shop 
And we saw the Chafetz Chaim and the Chazonish come and start like looking at the meats. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing? He's going with the Lord. I'll buy it for you. What are you doing? Shopping. Hayinu choshvim v'chizeh l'fi kvodem shal osam gedolim l'kadeh says raglem l'shul. Is this covered? This covered a Torah. Covered a Torah to go shopping. And what would they answer? Yes, this is covered a Torah. I'm shopping for a wedding. I'm doing a mitzvah. I'm doing a mitzvah. If they were going to buy an esrog, we wouldn't have any problems. They're going to buy an esrog. They're going to buy dal minim. We wouldn't have any shilas on them. So this was also a mitzvah. They just widened their mitzvah lens. They widened their mitzvah lens. Right? Those who live in the Lower East Side, even in recent years, used to see Rabbi David Feinstein, going to the stores and pushing the shopping cart even later in his life because it's a mitzvah. Just widen the lens. Not dafka. Shabbos. Shopping for Shabbos is a mitzvah. Ein me'atema. What's the difference between an esrog and Shabbos and a wedding and buying food for the kids to send them to school? It all can be viewed as a mitzvah. And therefore, says the Gemara, it's, there's a need for us to know what they were doing when they were talking about this Pasuk of a Yisrachlo Hashemesh. Okay, a couple of Pesukim later. Vayisa Yaakov Einov, so Yaakov lifts up his eyes and he sees Esau from afar and he sees 400 men. Vibar Mame Yosesh. Vayachaz Yeladim. So he splits everybody up, splits everybody up, the family and the Shvachos and Leah and Rachel he bows down seven times. What's the symbolism of bowing down seven times? Rashi doesn't say a word. What's the symbolism of bowing down seven times? So fascinating. The Gemara Masechah's Kedusha and Adaf Chavtes. Rav Asher Weiss quotes it in source number seven. One of these Gemaras you don't forget. There was a rub that came to Abaya. Okay, the story starts. Abaya heard there was a certain rabbi coming to town. And there was a problem. Because there was a shul in town that had a demon that possessed the shul. And they couldn't go there. And it was a very dangerous demon. They couldn't go there. Even if it was two people and during the day, they couldn't go. So he made an announcement to his town, nobody do Achnas' Archim to this rabbi coming. Nobody Achnas' Archim, he's going to have to go to the shul. And I know he'll figure out a way to get rid of the demon. Big Shaila, how could he do that? It's dangerous. Okay, we're not getting into the halachic ramifications right now, but that's what happened. Efshar de Misrachash Nisa. Efshar de Misrachash Nisa, only Efshar. And what if the Nase doesn't happen? Efshar. And that's what happened. Oh, Baspa, Hube, Rabbanan, he went into that shul. Idmile Kitanina de Shiva Rishvase. He saw a seven headed dragon as a demon. Kalkari de Kara, he bowed down. Every time he bowed down, one of the heads fell off. 
He bowed down seven times. All the heads fall, fell off. And that was it. And then he went back and said, what are you doing to me? Why did you do that? You set me up. Okay. But what, again, seven. Again, seven bowings down. Says the Sefer HaMakna. The Sefer HaMakna. That's the Baal HaFua. One of the Rebbeim Lachsam Sofer of Horowitz. Says, quoting the Marsha, the seven bowings are getting rid of the seven kochos hatuma that the nachash brought to the world. Ubechal kriya, the nachash symbolizes impurity, right? The impurity that was put into human beings, Adam and Chava. Ubechal kriya shechniya koach echad. And by bowing down, we get rid of one of the levels of impurity. And that's the seven bowings of, Yosef, of Yaakov. He bowed down just like the story in, in Mesechah's Kedushin. Bowing down and knocking off the heads. Okay, this is a little Kabbalistic. What, how, Lamaisa, what, what message can we take from this? Let's just add on one more seven before we get a message. One more seven. So that was the Marsha and the Makna. So now Rav Weiss adds on one more. Adds on one more seven. And that is the Gemara tells us, Babakama Tezayin, if somebody does not bow down in modim, after seven years, his spine is going to turn into a snake. Okay, there it is again. Seven and snake. Not bowing down. So what's going on here? See, so he explains, bowing down is a, is a reflection of Humility. And a reflection of submissive submission, and recognizing Hakadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, and recognizing that that's what that's what a bow is. Remember the Gemara says, how many times do you have to bow? So all of us bow down a few times during the Amida, the beginning, Magen Avram, Modim, Hatov Shimcha. Kohen Gadol bows down. I think at the end of every bracha, and the Melech bows down, and it doesn't come up until all the way at the end. I think that was the, uh, the order. Why? Because if you're the Malach, you need to be more submissive. Right? You have to recognize. Who's, who's the real Malach? Remember the Gemara Shabbos, the gates, when Shlomo Malach wanted to open the gates of the Beis HaMikdash, and he started saying to Hillim, Sushar Marshechem, Yavah Malach HaKavod, and the gates started running after him. Malach HaKavod, you're the Malach? No, 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 that Malach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Right? So a king needs submission. But that the, the way to rid the world of kochos of Tumah is to submit myself to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that brings kochos of Kedusha. And the more I recognize HaKadosh Baruch Hu is in charge, and the more I recognize that he's the Mashgiach, so that removes kochos of Tumah. That removes kochos of Tumah. And if a person does not bow down, right? So he becomes a nachash. Right? That's kvod machuso, and that's what destroys. We're getting into Hanukkah, so let's just mention one point about Hanukkah. We'll have more about Hanukkah in the next couple of weeks. Hashem. We know that the... the um, the Mishnah tells us in Mishnah Shkalim that they were misaking 13 bowings down, Hishtachavayos, in the base of Migdash, Kenegad, the 13 breaks in the wall that the Yavanim made. Also, 13, 13 is uh, also symbolic. So again, he says, 13 is the Yud Gimel Hamuna. They wanted to uproot that. We bow down, again, 13 times, because that's, again, a submissive uh, behavior 
And in that way we show HaKadosh Baruch Hu that that's what we, that's what we're interested in, that's what we want to focus on. And Hishtachavaya, Hishtachavaya, that recognition is, is something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu is, is looking for. Okay. Okay, there's so much in the parsha. We have one more thought then. One more thought, which is a more of a, it's a huge discussion. It's the topic of a, of a whole shear, more than one shear. But let's just mention one viewpoint. One viewpoint. And that is the story of Ruvain. Story of Ruvain, Lamidhei, Chavbeis. Rachel Imenu has died in childbirth. Batamas Rachava Tikover Be'aderach Efrasa Hibes Lachem. And Yaakov bakes a matzeva. Vayisa Yisrael vayet ahalo mehalal migdal eder. Vayibish kon Yisrael baris ahi vayelech Ruvain vayishkav es pila bilegesh aviv vayishma Yisrael. Ruvain is shochev bila pilegesh aviv vayishkav. So we usually translate vayishkav as lay down. Shachav. That's what it means. In modern Hebrew. And that's what maybe it even means in Chazal. But the Torah has a different understanding. Chazal told us that the Torah's usage of Vayishkav does not mean how we usually translate it. Reuven did not lie on the bed. Rashi quotes, because he moved the beds, as we know. He was doing it for the good of it, for the for Leah. It's the pasuk considers it keilu shichva, and why did he do it for the covet of his mother? Okay, says Rav Yerucham Levavitz, says Rav Dessler. Both say the same idea. You have it right here, and you have it. I uh, give you the Mechtam Elio also in the next. You know what? Let's do Rav Dessler first because he gives other examples. He says, sometimes there's a word that's used, but when it's used about me and you, it means something different than about great people. If it says that Ros- somebody says that Rosner stole, okay, what does stealing mean? Stealing means taking somebody else's money. But sometimes the Gemara says that so-and-so, one of the Amorim stole, you know what it meant? He didn't pay his worker on time. And it calls that stealing. Or he paid on credit. And that's called stealing. What do you mean? That's not stealing. That's not Geneva. And what's the answer? Different, the same word can mean different things relating to different people. If somebody's on a higher level, then that, they have a higher standard of what Geneva is. And that applies to Many. Saying something, not quoting the person who you're quoting. The Gemara says that's a ganav. The ganav take anything. Tosefta, Mishena Omer, this is source 11, the Mechtam Elio. Mishena Omer, Dabar Mishem Amra, who kvar ganav. That's ganeva? The answer is because when the Torah, with the infinite wisdom of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, writes something, okay, they can write something on the level of someone else. But it doesn't mean it's mine. The Gemara says in Shabbos, Kol HaOmer Ruvein Chata Eino Elatoe. If we say that Ruvein sinned, it's a mistake. So, what does that mean? That doesn't mean that Ruvein did a mitzvah. Right? There was something that was wrong. Kol HaOmer David Chata Eino Elatoe. That doesn't mean that David did something right with Batsheva. 
there was something that was done that was wrong. Right? David is the, is the source of so many ideas about tshuva. Yeah, obviously, you can't do tshuva unless you do something wrong. But Chazal say, if somebody says that David or Reuben sins like we sin, if somebody said that their sins are exactly like our sins, that's a problem. That's a mistake. Reuben did something wrong. But Vayishkav doesn't have to mean what Vayishkav would mean for us. And that's what Rav Dessler, again, this is one of the ways of understanding that the that Gemara. Rav Hirsch has a different way. But back to the Das Torah. We shouldn't fool ourselves. Ruvain, the Chazal say this. It means don't take the word literally. That's what Rashi sounds like. No, it's just a Melitza. It doesn't really mean it. Rav Dessler and, 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 the, and Rav Yocham are saying, no, 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 take it literally. It's not a, the Torah doesn't use Melitzas. Take it literally. But literally has a different meaning than we think. Vayishkav ain't se'aladarach mashal v'remes. No. V'cholat varam hikip shutan. Vayishkav is vayishkav mamish. Elashachasar lanu kol ha'avana v'asaga b'milash aladarach. We don't know the wor- what the words of the Torah all mean. We don't know what the words of the Torah all mean. And he gives the examples of Geneva, Gezela. Somebody is Matame, right? The Pazik in Yechezkel says, somebody was Matame, his friend's wife. Gemara says, you know what that means? They stole his friend's job. So what do you mean? A wife is a wife. It's Pazik in Kohelas also. They should love your wife, love your job. Right? Sometimes there's, there's different understandings and the words are used differently. So that's Kol Omer, Eino Elatoa, those, the daf and a half in Mesecha Shabbos with the six different categories of people. That Eino Elatoa, that doesn't mean that they did mitzvos, but it means that we have to appreciate that the Torah was written by a divine author. And therefore the words in the Torah should not be compared to the way we use words. And if we appreciate that, and if we recognize the divine authorship, then just like we can understand there are so many levels of interpretation of the Torah, there are basic understandings, even Pashipshat, that that is not so Pashat. And we should recognize that and use that to appreciate all the different levels uh, of the Torah. Okay, we'll stop here again. Today's Shia was the Rafu Shalema Gittel Bas Golda and Levi Ben Gittel. They should have a Rafua Shalema.